0: This offseason, we saw quite a few headlines, storylines, and narratives about this Chicago Bears team. And most of them ended up being pretty well overblown. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And when you enter in our promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. On the show today, we look at some of the overblown Chicago Bears off-season narratives and headlines. Some of the things that came to Dominate a lot of the conversation surrounding this team that didn't really end up coming to fruition or at least not playing out the way that the narratives or the headlines may have directed things. Of course, that has to involve quite a bit the quarterback conversation that wasn't, but was unfortunately a part of this early portion of the off season and some different narratives about free agency and the NFL draft. And we may, if time we may look ahead at what some of the persisting narratives might be and whether or not those two will end up being proven overblown. But the big, the big one that we tried our hardest here on the podcast to not get caught up in, to not even try not to talk about too much, just to not give it so much strength and weight as it seemed to be getting in a lot of other places was the sort of the, will the Chicago bears trade Justin Fields? Will they draft the quarterback? Should they trade Justin Fields? That sort of narrative storyline, headline, et cetera, was entirely too overblown. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, sure. We can't like, everyone's talking about it. So we can't like ignore it, but we tried two or three times, you know, through January, February and in, in March to explain in different ways why it didn't make complete sense and why it was not something that we should be fretting over, not something we should be spending a lot of time and energy thinking about too much. Certainly when it comes to narratives and headlines and and storylines like this, there's always some grain of, I wouldn't even say grain of truth, but grain of logic in, in it, in the sense that like, yes, we can all acknowledge that the Chicago Bears had the number one overall pick at that time, and that there were quarterbacks expected to be drafted number 1 and number 2 as it as it played out and that when you have the number 1 overall pick it is good to evaluate those quarterbacks and see if perhaps those quarterbacks would be an upgrade over your quarterback situation and then you pair that with Justin Fields having a box score statistically poor 2022 season and you can you can see where the narrative comes from right it's not like it came out of nowhere or some conspiracy to slander Justin Fields or anything like that. So like there's a kernel of like, okay, I understand why it comes up. But when you, when we started to apply like scrutiny and logic and critical thinking to the process there, we could pretty well get past the narrative and, and kind of leave it where it was there that yes, sure. The bears were going to do their homework on these quarterback prospects and sure there's a rookie contract conversation to be had there but part of this conversation was also about the faith that they had already shown in Justin Fields up to that point also I think a lack of faith in this quarterback class in particular and the ability to have enough around Justin Fields to then be able to properly evaluate him this year that if you replaced him with a new quarterback you still wouldn't have a great supporting cast around that quarterback if you had to use your number one overall pick draft capital at that spot as opposed to trading down, adding DJ Moore, adding multiple extra draft picks to continue to build around the quarterback position. Like, it it didn't, it wasn't going to make a ton of sense in a lot of different ways for the Bears to trade Justin Fields this offseason. And yet, it still lingered. Like, even, and and certainly we talked on this podcast, too, about, like, Ryan Poles and, to a lesser extent, Maddie Buflusa and Luke didn't always do a great job of squashing that as a narrative, like uh, polls always said, like, we're going to do our due diligence and another quarterback would really have to blow us away. And I think he was just being honest and which I appreciate. And we appreciate the honesty and the transparency, but like he kept leaving the door open in that way of like, you know, that they're not like, he wouldn't come out and say we are hundred percent fields and no, no chance. Do we take a quarterback? He said, well, we're going to do our homework, which is, honestly, like the smart and transparent thing to do there, but it was never like this, you know, it was made out to be like this bears should be shopping fields or bears are taking offers on fields or looking at what that might look like. I I don't think that was ever really the case. That was much more of an outside idea that became more of a, of a narrative of its own rather than anything actually coming from the Chicago bears organization. And so finally that conversation, that narrative, that storyline died when right before free agency, when the Bears did officially trade down with the Carolina Panthers and essentially took them out of the running for a young quarterback in this draft. And it really affirmed that, yes, the Bears are building around Fields, building around the quarterback position, and of course, sort of trying to get as much in that department as possible to more properly evaluate Justin Fields this season, right? It's not as though they're locked into Justin Fields for the next 10 years. They're still going to sort of evaluate and see how his development goes next year and beyond but you know the fifth year option will be coming up and almost certainly they will accept that and see what he you know give him two more years here to see how that development goes and then we start to have the conversation as well about you know long term what the quarterback option is but there was never I don't think a real short-term change of heart there on field they did their homework they did their due diligence but every team does that every year and it doesn't become a big narrative you know it's like uh, other teams look at all the other quarterbacks. and We don't get every team's rumors of like, oh, our, I'm trying to think of a, a good example because some of the quarterbacks that you don't hear. But like, I'm sure, for example, like the Jacksonville Jaguars probably did their homework on this quarterback class just to have them evaluated. And no one's asking about whether they should trade Trevor Lawrence. You know, teams across the board are going to be doing that every year. And we don't hear trade rumors about every other quarterback. But because the Bears have the number one overall pick, we get it. We understand why. And the other quarterbacks drafting in the top of the draft we're also interested in quarterbacks, and that's what everyone's trading up for. Like we understand it, but it was always overblown and generally a waste of our time, our airspace, our letters, you know, our like our eye space, reading articles, listening to podcasts. And that's why I tried not to waste too much of our time with it as it was happening. But it's good to kind of look back and reflect and say, yeah, remember that? Remember how overblown that was? So then we don't get too caught up perhaps in the next overblown narratives that are still to come either this offseason or certainly, you know, during the season and into next year. There are inevitable. We can only do our best to try and recognize them and avoid them on the front end. But a few other things, maybe less serious and less dramatic as Justin Fields' trade rumor also dominated a lot of the conversation around the Bears. And I don't think a ton of it ended up ultimately coming true. So we'll look at some of the other overblown headlines and narratives around this Bears team next on Locked on Bears. The Lockdown Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes super comfortable shorts and pants that make you look good. I'm actually wearing Bird Dogs right now. I'm, I'm not going to stand up on the YouTube video here, but they're gray shorts with liners in them, and they're super, super comfortable. I love wearing them while I do the podcast here. They also have khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you a more of a, a sculpted look, but it's it's comfortable, right? Like it's, it's tight, but it's not like a stiff restricting type of cotton the way that like regular shorts have bird dogs invented their own cloud knit fabric that looks like khakis but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice comfort or movement and they also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long you don't get any kind of that swampiness going on with your bird dogs because they air you out very very nicely right now If you want to try out bird dogs for yourself, you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter in our promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's bird dogs, like the animals, birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for that free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I'm still wearing mine, I promise. Beyond the Justin Fields trade conversation, few other narratives lingered around this Bears team, none perhaps quite as controversial as fields, but things that, again, I don't really feel like ended up holding up a a ton, right? That, that, for example, one of the things we knew like all offseason that, you know, the Bears had so much salary cap space and it's like, oh, the Bears are going to be the team that comes out in free agency and just spend, spend, spend. They're going to try and sign all the big free agents, you know, when when you'd see Bears fans do like the, a mock offseason, right? They'd go and sign a top offensive tackle. They'd go and sign the top defensive lineman. They'd go and sign, you know, a wide receiver or whatever. And like handing out all these big contracts because the Chicago Bears had so much salary cap space. Free agency comes around. Sure, we do get one big contract to Tremaine Edmonds. No doubt that was a top of the market deal for a linebacker. But the first deal that came out was TJ Edwards, you might remember and really edmonds was the only like major big dollar free agent contract the bears handed out you know like i said edwards was you know a cheaper like 7-8 million dollars a year with not a lot of guaranteed money in it nate davis was around i think 3 years 21 million dollars demarcus walker was around the same kind of price tag like they didn't go out and dump loads and loads of money in these free agents to try and build up the best possible free agent class they could they negotiated but all the reports were that they were pursuing a lot of these high priced free agents. They were bidding on Mike McGlinchey, but Ryan Poles kind of eventually said, you know what? There's a price point that's too high. And he goes on to the Denver Broncos, if I remember correctly. And then there's guys like Zach Allen on the defensive line, who also went to the Denver Broncos in free agency. Another guy that the bears had been bidding on coming out of the Arizona Cardinals. And clearly the bears were kind of going after trying to find one of these top free agent defensive linemen. And ultimately they didn't end up signing any of them, even though, you know, the guy like Draymond Jones, who was on the Broncos, ends up going elsewhere. And Zach Allen, you know, again, the Bears negotiated on these and tried to find a price range that would work for them. But instead, Ryan Poles kind of stuck to his laurels and and almost remarkably so was, was trying to be financially responsible for the long-term fiscal health of this team because they're in more of that long-term rebuilding type mode, right? This is not about spending as much money as you can to go all in on this year to make sure that you can win as many games, but you do want long-term pieces in free agency that can be, you know, you can you can still get the occasional cornerstone type player that area. And he, he was willing to spend on Tremade Edmonds because you don't want to sit around and not get any impact players. You have to try and find impact players wherever you can, but it didn't ultimately end up being the dominating big spender storyline that we thought it might be the Denver Broncos were the ones who, who handed out more of the bigger contracts than the Chicago bears. It was much more the bears saying, you know what, we'll take the smart, affordable deals and we don't need to completely change over our whole roster in free agency and bring in a bunch of outside players. Cause that's a risk too. You know, the majority of free agents tend to not work out super, super well for your team. Most teams aren't built super successfully through free agency. So polls, dabbled and spent here and there as he saw fit, but ultimately decided, you know what, we're going to try and take this the slow and steady approach and not overspend. I also kind of feel like there was this idea that, you know, the Bears were going to miss out on, you know, so much talent or whatever that might end up looking like. And, you know, they they were still able to fill a lot of the holes that they had. Certainly the defensive line remains a big question mark here. And we can talk about that in, in a little bit here, but like, they, they were still able to fill a lot of different holes on this team, despite, you know, the fears of like, oh, no, they didn't get they didn't they didn't spend on Mike McGlinchey while well. they were still able to fill that in the draft with, with Darnell Wright. It's like, oh, no, they didn't add a big time cornerback or they didn't add much on the defensive line while well, they were able to do that in the draft. Of course, younger players that aren't going to be as immediately high impact right away, at least after the first round, but still able to kind of stay on top of things and still build out this roster without having been the big time spenders in free agency. I think there were some other narratives and one in particular coming out of the NFL draft, but a few, I think a few that circle around that, that didn't really end up being true after all, even though we thought they might take an offensive tackle and ultimately did take an offensive tackle. I think there were some other aspects of this that ended up getting a little bit overblown when it comes to the draft. And we'll look ahead at what narratives might still persist that could still change and end up being overblown next on Locked On Bears. Heading into draft day, and really throughout the whole pre-draft process after free agency, one of the great debates for the Chicago Bears, or I guess I should say around the Chicago Bears, because I'm not sure that they were having much of a great debate after a little while, was about Jalen Carter, the Georgia defensive tackle. And do you remember there were reports speculation i think it was actual reports from very flimsy sources so are they actually reports no but like there were people claiming to report that were falsely reporting that jalen carter would not get past the chicago bears with the ninth overall pick that if he fell out of the top five which was a question and if he fell out of the top seven like he's not getting past nine and there were reports or speculation that the bears were really hoping would make it to the ninth overall pick and that they could select him there. And I mean, to be fair, Jalen Carter did not get past the ninth overall pick, but did not get, but did get past the Chicago bears. The Chicago bears intentionally chose not to draft Jalen Carter. They traded the 10th, the ninth pick for the 10th pick to the Eagles, knowing they would take Jalen Carter or or knowing that, yeah, essentially knowing they would take Jalen Carter, knowing that it would be the bears losing their opportunity to take Jalen Carter and they were fully comfortable doing so. Like the point being that at some point in this pre-draft process, we don't know how early the bears decided Jalen Carter's not our guy. We're not comfortable taking him in the top 10 of this year's NFL draft. And so that was never really then a narrative, right? That was never, I mean, it was a narrative, but it was never, there was never really legs to it. Like, sure. They almost certainly, they did their homework. They brought him in for visits. I don't know that they decided in February or March that Jalen Carter was not their guy, but sometime in the lead up to the draft, they came pretty pretty consensus, clearly, like they decided firmly, we're not drafting Jalen Carter. Despite all the thought that the Bears would be the team to draft him, the Bears should draft him, the Bears were not going to be the team that lets him get past them. And all of a sudden, that proved not to be true. Similarly, in like the draft world, we kind of had a feeling that they would take an offensive tackle, given that's where the strength of this draft class seemed to be around that draft pick that like, yeah, at 10, there's going to be some good offensive linemen there and the Bears need an offensive lineman and will probably end up taking one. That wasn't an overblown narrative or something that was surprising, but we did hear in the lead up to the draft, a number of different reports, again, reports, speculations, false reports, what you want to call them, narratives, headlines, even that, oh, the Bears love Paris Johnson. The Bears are going to do whatever they can to get Paris Johnson. Of course, Paris Johnson ends up going before the Bears pick, but what the Bears claim after the draft, that Darnell Wright was their top tackle anyway. They didn't specifically say we would have taken Wright over Paris Johnson, but they did say he was the top tackle on our bar of the tackle we were most excited about getting in this year's draft. That could be a lie. That could be untrue. That could be stretching the truth, certainly. We don't have to believe them at face value there. But regardless, it's a, it's something. But also there was some talk that they liked Peter Skaranski and we're going to take the Northwestern kid. There was some talk that they might like Broderick Jones from Georgia, the other offensive tackle in this draft. There was also some talk that they liked Darnell Wright, but it seemed like among all the four top offensive line prospects, we heard some amount of really unvalidated reporting that they liked each of the four potential guys there. I think we heard different stuff about some of the pass rushers too, that they liked Miles Murphy from Clemson or they like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Like we got a pretty good, pretty like two full lungs of smokescreen in the lead up to the NFL draft. And those narratives also ended up being pretty well a bit overblown. Like you could say yes yes to Darnell Wright, but how were we supposed to know that Wright was the right one? I mean, it was sort of mixed in with all of the with all the smoke there so that you couldn't really tell which one was true and which one to believe. Cause if you, you can't believe them all, only one of them can be true. So how can you pick which one was going to be the one that would be true in that regard? We also wondered, you know, how the bears might focus these draft picks on, you know, need versus best player available. Would they be willing to double down on picks? And I think, you know, them going, grabbing the two defensive linemen, not back to back, but almost back to back in the second and third round there, I think it, it illustrates some of that ability to, yeah, like draft for need, but also, best player available. I think some of that stuff ultimately held up there that like, yeah, they had to get guys at those positions and prioritize them, but they were still willing to trade up in between those picks and take a corner back there. It wasn't like whatever they want, whatever they could do to draft defensive line. They were going to just reach, reach, reach no matter what to just fill these specific positions, as opposed to leaving some room and some flexibility for like a true best player available type of pick there. So it did feel like some of the draft stuff was all right, but, Some of the big time, like especially first round pick stuff about Jalen Carter and about some of the other first round guys didn't ultimately end up panning out. We also thought like maybe the Bears were going to make a big trade down from nine that not only to 10, but, you know, could as far as 13, as far as 17. I know the Steelers were a team that was rumored heavily to be talking to the Bears about a trade down. And we don't know for sure that the Bears weren't talking to those teams, but we do know that the Bears weren't willing to move that far down that Ryan Pohl said they kind of viewed like they didn't want to go too much farther down the nine to still be able to land Darnell Wright, to land the offensive tackle that they thought they really needed to get out of this year's draft class. And so that too, some of the trade down smoke was a little bit overblown. I think what's left now, the big narrative, I think around this Bears team is the lack of pass rush. I think that's the big question mark. It's the Bears didn't do enough to help their defensive line. And I don't think it's overblown right now, but I think there's an asterisk to this that could still change. Is that yes, up to this point, the Bears have not done enough for their defensive line. It is a major weakness that has the potential to hold this defense back. And if they do nothing else to the defensive line, it's I would also predict that it would be a major weakness that will hold this team back. But we heard Ryan Pohl say after the draft, they're still exploring options in free agency, still exploring options for a potential trade. And so You know, if the Bears go out at some point in the next, not even the next week, but the next two months and sign a big free agent, I mean, big's relative term, but you know, a Yannick Ngakwe, a Jadavian Clowney, a Justin Houston, a Frank Clark, or go out and trade for someone like a Chase Young or um, Montez Sweat from the Commanders or some of these other potential free agent defensive end options. Perhaps that narrative will ultimately be overblown too, because sometimes these narratives are just like, we're jumping to conclusions before we have the full information yet, because the full information would be, well, maybe the Bears are still planning on signing one of these players. And so while they have neglected it up to this point, if we get to week one with another big addition on the defensive line, that position will be less neglected. And then the narrative will have felt overblown. That's like we overblown, we over, over blew? Would that be the patents over blew it? That sounds weird, but we will have overblown it because we didn't know what was in the works. We didn't know what the plan was. We haven't seen yet, presumably, what the full plan is. I mean, maybe we have. Maybe the full plan is what we've got, and this is what we're going to see, and it's going to be a problem. It looks like a problem as it stands right now, but I'm still willing to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe they will still address this position in a way that can alleviate more of those concerns and that can make that position, it'll still be a weakness, but maybe less of a glaring, like, biggest hole on the roster and maybe the worst defensive defensive line in football as it stands right now. You know, we keep a close tabs on all the big narratives and storylines surrounding your Chicago Bears team right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So that's why you have to make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day, all throughout the off season. We will be here for you to give you your daily Bears fix. And of course, to give you your next opportunity to bear down.